This is John Walton, and you're listening to the Power Play Point Podcast with the Blue Lighter on Point and Anna Knox. Here's Wilson, and on the right side, Welcome once again to the Power Play Point Podcast. This is your host, the Blue Liner on Point, talking to you live to tape from downtown Glen Burnie, Maryland. And it's another good week if you're a Caps fan. And we're back to talk about Caps hockey, as we always do. Um, now, I understand that everybody expected the mermaid to be back. She was supposed to be back uh, after her... Uh, trip to Hawaii and um, her son's band playing and all that. Uh, she did come back. She's all ready to go. As I announced, unfortunately, um, she does have an upper body injury. I'm not going to go into the gory details, but it is a genuine upper body injury, so much so that she is uh, not quite going to be comfortable uh, doing the podcast. I will say this, at least for next week or so anyway, I will say this. Um, uh, there was um, uh, head trauma involved. There was concussion involved, and I don't, I don't say that. Well, I say that a little bit as a joke, but not, not really. Um, so I, I figured, okay, let her, let her have some more time off and, and recover from that. So, with us this week to help us out um, for this week to uh, go over all the on ice action. Uh, longtime supporter of the show. Um, you might have seen his comments on the Facebook page or or noticed uh, he's had a little clever uh, uh, swipes to say every now and again once uh, something magical happens. Uh, but uh, it's my pleasure to introduce a longtime Caps fan, supporter of the show and the Facebook page, Mr. Paul Hackett. How you doing this evening, Paul? Good evening. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. You are most welcome, and as we talked about a little earlier, I've been wanting to have you on for quite a while now, and uh, so where are you calling us from this evening? Uh, well, we just recently moved. We had been living in Bowie. We now live in Mechanicsville in beautiful southern Maryland. Ah, Bowie. Okay, I'm very familiar with Bowie. Mechanicsville. Isn't that, uh, uh, is that Calvert County or St. Mary's County? Just over the line into St. Mary's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a little familiar with, uh, 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 my SM areas, uh, kind of made a few sojourns down there myself. It, good people, good place. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, so uh, I think, I think you're going <laughs> to like it down there. Um, yeah, it's beautiful country. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Love, love the scenery down there. Uh, it's just, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's real, real nice compared to being close to the city. So, uh, you know, you ever, you ever think of, uh, you know, my fellow Marylanders or DMVers for that matter, you ever want to get away from for a while, they got to look, got to look a lot of good parks, a lot of places, a lot of scenic places, uh, you, you can visit, uh, Charlotte hall, uh, pops to mind immediately just as an example but anyway yes, uh, since th this is your first time on with us as we like to do on the power play point podcast 
uh, like to have you uh, uh, tell us all here how it was you got started as a Washington Capitals fan. I uh, grew up uh, a local sports fan, uh, the football team, Maryland Terrapins, uh, Baltimore Orioles at the time, since there was no local baseball, I was born in 70. So there's not a local team after 71. So I went to Baltimore for baseball uh, and really got into the Caps in uh, the early 80s with the whole Save the Caps. Uh, Dad was a big George Michael fan. Uh, and that was uh, a nightly ritual of ours was catching him on the sports and the sports uh, machine and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really, that was what my dad, strangely enough, didn't really get into it, but I did. <laughs> and so uh, I was very happy that that was a su- successful campaign and started following the team. Obviously, the uh, the trade for uh, the secretary and Craig and the rest of the guys was was important as well. Uh, in getting the franchise on a better track. Uh, followed them into the 80s. Uh, I actually, after high school, I moved uh, out of this state to Alaska and was in Alaska during the uh, the 90s and the uh, Stanley Cup loss uh, to the buzzsaw that was the Russian machine. Uh, uh, and then we followed them from afar uh, up there. And since I've moved back, I, I really made it uh, – a mission to get back into my local teams. Uh, not only do you have, uh, when you're so far from, from your hometown, it's very difficult to follow. This was obviously a lot pre-internet. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's much easier to follow locally, but you have, you know, such the, the time just difference is, is hard enough. But then when you have things like hockey, what's that? We're not showing that on television. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a lot of it was, you know, box scores and, and living vicariously through, uh, you know, the Sunday Washington Post and such. Uh, but once I came back, I really made it made it uh, a part to get back into my local teams. Really got into the Caps. Met my wife, uh, who is a, a big Caps fan as well. Uh, we started going to games. Uh, they won the cup. We got our pictures taken with it. Uh, it was, uh, for our fiftieth uh, birthdays, we we got a five game pack. Uh, you know, just stuff like that. This this year, we're actually going. Uh, we've been to a game. Uh, I have family. My mom's from Pittsburgh and my dad's from Boston. Go figure. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so we, oh, boy. Yeah, we, w- we went to a Penguins game last season, I think it was. Uh, this season, we're going to the Bruins game in Boston on the 12th, and then we're going to the Lightning game uh, last week of March, the Wednesday, I think. Because now my sister, who – my sister and my mom lived in Alaska as well. They both now live uh, in St. Pete's right outside Tampa. Oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, so we got some road, road games going this season. And then uh, because of the bobblehead giveaway, I got tickets for the Columbus game. Uh, I think that's in April or so maybe that's in earlier March, but towards the end of the season. So uh, that's me. Uh, really, uh, really enjoyed it. Obviously, uh, you know, once Ovi joined the club, things uh, changed in a magical way. Uh, uh, the Stanley, More Stanley Cups will be nice, but uh, certainly one. Uh, you know, is okay for now, especially since he's chasing uh, Hal and Gretzky. Oh yeah, yeah. He's uh, I, I've 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 been I've uh, met had the pleasure of meeting all kinds of uh, Caps fans from all different uh, you know walks of life and you know experiences and you know it's 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 always it's always good to get with someone who 
you know, who's, who's been there uh, for the long haul, but I, I love talking to the, the newer fans too. So uh, someone who has uh, uh, that, that whole perspective of, uh, you know, living through the bad times and uh, everything being revived through Ovechkin and what, what he's done. Uh, yeah. It sounds like uh, you, you got a good grasp on that. And uh, I, you know, I, like I said, I love talking to the newer fans, but you know, it's, yeah, I, I, I'm hoping if, if you're out there, you on the other side of the earbuds, the speakers, what have you, uh, you know, are listening to this and you know, thinking, well, what what bad times? Oh, it's only been good times with Ovi. Well, you know, was, once upon a time, this team wasn't doing so well. And, and like you said, with Save the Caps, there was a very, very good chance that you know, the team would have either folded or, or been you know sold and moved. Uh, so, Certainly. yeah, it was wasn't really all that long ago that 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 was a possibility so you know, the, the message there is be thankful for what you got because it could be a, you know a, a lot worse and you know and uh, you know and that's 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 why I try to say you know don't take the losses too hard you know appreciate what you got and you know though this this season's been kind of trying for uh you know most of us, you know, I don't think it's really that bad. You know, what, what would you say, what, 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 what would you say, uh, how, how they're doing overall and, and what, what do you kind of foresee, you know, going forward for the rest of the season? For this team, the, uh, the down months or months that they had was a good case for the fan base of things uh, that may possibly transpire in the next few years as the team declines. However, it was by no means bad. <laughs> in big picture, it was bad for the history of an Ovechkin team, an Ovechkin Caps team. But right. it wasn't, and it isn't. This season isn't bad comparatively. Like you said, we know bad. We've seen bad. Yeah. Um, and even the the year that the uh, I think it was 2014, the year they did not make the playoffs. Right. Um, I think that was uh, yeah. It was the last. That was the last season they missed the playoffs. Right. Even even that season um, wasn't a bad season. It was disappointing because the Caps didn't make the playoffs the one time in Ovi's career. Right. Um, but it, how much, honestly, how much different is that from getting bounced in the first round? I understand it's a lot different at the time, and you never know once you're in the playoffs and you can't get the cup if you don't go to the dance, blah, blah. But at the same time, you know, the, it's it's razor thin. And that's what's scary about what happened and is happening this season is uh, it, it's just with the injuries, there's not much room for error or, or margin of error. So, no, uh, as, no, there's definitely not. I'll agree. As players have come back, we've seen the uh, importance of chemistry because I don't think no, – nothing against people like Orlov or, or Oshi. Um, is their play that much better than the, the guys on the ice that, that are replacing them? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. But the the chemistry, especially Oshi, uh, you know, the spark that he brings to that team and to the locker room, you, you know, it, what can you, you can't do without it. You know, uh, Wilson brings a different kind of spark, and then he also has, uh, you know, that physicality that's been lacking on the ice this season. Um, you know, we obviously we missed that last season once he got uh, um, injured during the playoffs. You know, the the, the game changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just I pointed out um, <clears throat> it's interesting. Uh, I was talking to my wife last night. The first period, we were two to one 
on face-offs and hits. And I said, that's, you know, that's how we got past Tampa. The year they won the cup was we put them in the boards, especially the last two games, game six and seven. Oh my God. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, when you have, a, when you have a player like Tom Wilson, uh, you have somebody, yeah, Garnet Hathaway and those guys, they're, you know, they're physical too, but uh, you know, Wilson's a different kind of physicality. Uh, a lot of times his presence alone <laughs> scares people and scares the other team. Uh, New York Rangers. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully it's, we'll be getting him back. Well, yeah, I, I think he's going to be the difference is, is when he finally comes back into the lineup, they can start getting back to the game that um, they have been playing the last few years. But, you know, it's not – you know, not to start a potential argument here, but it could also be said that, well, and I, to, to an extent, I, I've agreed with this argument that, you know, the coaching staff hasn't always put the right pieces in or put in the right strategy to, you know, work with, as far as working with what they've got, you know, put, put the team in the best position to win at times. And, you know, Maximize sometimes potential. sometimes they got good ideas and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they make the right changes and sometimes they don't. And it's, you know, I think that's probably been the most frustrating thing for, you know, your Caps fan, whether seasoned or not, is, is you know, sitting through that and trying to figure that out. Yeah, so. see, the, the, the coaching is probably my least strongest strength is understanding that aspect of the game. But I, I do – see uh how how frequently even in game which is kind of surprising lobbies changing the the lines um moving people up and down and you know certainly if injury or something like that happens or somebody's got the hot hand i understand that Mm -hmm. um but uh, you know that that down month that they were having there was a lot of a lot of changes going on and you know what's with mcmichael that's a big question that people people are asking right yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and if, if, you know, you listen to the show, we, we've discussed that at, at different points and, you know, wondering you know, when, when that all is going to be resolved right now, it is, uh, but only for the short term, not the long term. Um, but yeah, it's, it's speaking of questions is they're going to have a lot of questions to answer, um, in the next, in the coming month or so when, when, you know, some folks start coming back to the lineup, uh, but for now, they've uh, at least they've been, enjoyed uh, something of a, of a good run here. Uh, last week they were three and zero, and this week they played four games, won three of them, uh, all in regulation. Um, so uh, yeah, as we do, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, recap the on ice action as best we can. So the first game all was right. the same the same night we recorded last week's show against the Winnipeg Jets. So we'll uh, quickly go over that one. It's a five, two win for our caps uh, caps exploded here in the, in the uh, second period after a scoreless first um, Van Riemsdyk got, got a goal, his second of the year to start it. And uh, Kuznetsov and Johansson followed him and then Eller. So lo and behold, caps jumped out to a four, nothing lead. And then third period, first 10 minutes, kind of scary. If you're a caps fan, um, you're, you're, you've seen the team long enough, you know, they're very, very prone to uh, taking the foot off the gas. Well, that's exactly what they did here again. And uh, 
Jets got a couple quick ones here in the first uh, three or four minutes. And next thing you know, a four goal lead was cut in half to two. And uh, coaching staff made a wise decision here not long after that second goal, which is to call the timeout and Mm -hmm. settle the boys down. And thankfully, they got the message. And for the most part after that, say for a handful, a couple, three high danger chances, I would say uh, the guys did their job. Uh, uh, Ovechkin got one of his customary <laughs> empty net goals <laughs> to seal it and uh, skate off with the 5-2 win. Uh, power play was one for two. Faceoffs, uh, 52%. Uh, it was a pretty good sign. Pretty good signs there. I think they, those were your key elements. Um and of course, the the, the shot uh, totals, uh, which is what we like to focus on here: thirty six for the game, twelve in the final period. Um, and as we like mm-hmm. to say, if if you've got the puck, then that means the other team doesn't, and they can't score, and they can't hurt you. Uh, so those those were all keys. And Lindgren, just just to get this out of the way, in case I forget, sometimes we do forget about the goalies and what they do, although we try not to. Uh, Lindgren had himself a, a pretty damn good week, if I can say, if I do say so, um, All winning all four games. And, uh, of course, was first star of the week um, after what all was said and done. First time that's uh, been done with the, uh, with the with a goalie in a while um, on this I- team. So just want to put that out there. Uh, okay, so I'm going to quickly jump to the next game. Uh, did you have any, Paul, did you have any uh, notes or comments you want to throw out about the Winnipeg game? Uh, just that uh, the the one thing that I liked the best was the uh, shorthanded penalty shot Mojo had. Oh, right. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. I, I would I'd be yeah. remiss uh, if, yeah, I, I, I completely forgot about that. I, I mentioned this on the Sports on the Hill podcast with Robbie Gross. Um, that goal was actually one goal in three. I don't know if anybody out there right. remembers uh, Mario Lemieux and when the game he had when he scored five different goals, five different ways. Well, this was one goal yeah. scored three different ways. It was a shorthanded goal that was a penalty shot that actually turned out to be the game-winning goal. Yes. Isn't that, isn't that kind of neat? I don't Beautiful. think that's ever... I don't think that's ever been done before. I looked through as many resources as I could. I couldn't find anything. If anyone out there can find where now there's been shorthanded penalty goals, penalty shot goals scored before. I do know that Mitch Marner was the one I believe who had done it the most recent before this, but uh, I don't know if there's ever been a shorthanded penalty shot game winning goal ever been done uh, in, in at least in regulation anyway. So it, right. it, like I said, if anybody out there knows of of uh, that ever happening in NHL history, then uh, do please let us know. But, yeah, you're right. That was that that was pretty awesome to to, to see. I, I did. I look I'll transparency. Full transparency here. I was one of the guys, yes, that when Mojo re-signed with the team, I wasn't all that thrilled because it was another older guy taking a potential mm-hmm. younger guy's spot. And um, one of those younger guys we happened to actually be playing, Axel Janssen Fialbi at that time the, right. on the Jets. Uh, and uh, But I got to say, you know, even though he, he didn't really show me a whole lot in the playoffs, he's been showing me a lot this year in the season. So I hope that translates into the playoffs, assuming there is a playoffs. Um, yes, what, sir. what else, what else did you think of the game? That was enjoyable. <laughs> you, well, 
for the for all the right reasons for the first 40 minutes and then for the next 10 <laughs> yeah. not not so much um as i no, like to say Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm sorry. Uh, the penalty shot, you, you, you uh, I, I don't want to say rarely, but it, it doesn't happen a lot that you see penalty shots uh, awarded. So anytime that happens. And then scoring them, of course, is, is the next challenge. And, uh, you know, it's not like uh, – I don't think he, he Mojo juked him out of his skates necessarily, but it was a, a pretty pretty move he got to, to put the, the puck in the back of the net, I thought. Some, sometimes uh, all you got think – Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I don't think uh, – I think it's been nine years, I read, since uh, we, we've had a penalty shot score. Yeah, it's like nine years almost to the day when, right. when, when, I, did, when I did my research on that. So, yeah, that's it had been a long, long time since uh, Cap, Cap's got a penalty shot goal in regulation. So, uh, yeah, good on you for pointing that out. Um, sometimes – what I was going to say was sometimes you got – all you got to do is make the slightest little move, and that's enough to freeze the goalie. Yeah. And it took me about five or six times watching the replay. But, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, he, he made the, this real slight little juke with his foot, and that, that was enough to, to freeze Hellebuck and, and, you know, get the lift shot in, and that – yeah, I, I think usually when you get the shorthanded goal, it that that kind of kills the other team. But I, I give oh, credit yeah. to the to the Jets for you know hanging in there and fighting fighting back and making a game out of it. And that you know we we talked about this uh, on the Sports on the Hill. Um, they're a team. They're going to be a team to watch out for. And I think you and I talked about this before we went on. Um, Jets. Um, probably are, are one of those teams that nobody's talking about that's probably going to do some damage. So yeah. that, that, uh, that was, that was a pretty good win. They're pretty good win against a pretty damn good team. And uh, I was, I was pleasantly surprised it came away with two points. Let's jump on ahead to the next game. That was last Tuesday, right. the 13th in Chicago, uh, home of the deep dish pizza. And uh, yeah, this <laughs> This one, yeah, most of us, I think, uh, had this chalked up as a win. You don't like to look past any team, but Chicago not exactly having a, a good year this year. But, you know, didn't think they, they would lose. But I, I don't know. I don't know that uh, anyone. Well, I, I think maybe some people, but uh, wow. They, I mean, we all saw it. You got to you got to give credit to the man. I mean, there, there is only one and only Alex Ovechkin, and he, <laughs> he made this game. He took over this game. And yes, it was a 7-3 win. And yes, without his three goals, they still could have won. But <laughs> the man looks at a record, stares a, a, a record that uh, ensures hockey immortality in the face and says, I want that, goes for it and gets it and you can't do anything but help help you know can't help but admire that and that's that's exactly what he what he did in this game it wasn't the whole game but uh, damned if it wasn't you know most of the game in, in how he just took it over and and you know got the record well not well got the mark that you know, only two other men on the planet have ever done uh, in Amazing. history, just to put it put it in perspective, now, and I'm sure we were all going out of our minds when it happened. But I mean, it was it was it was a crazy game, surprisingly competitive for a while, and then then they just you know blew the doors off because, like we said, Chicago's not all that great this year. 
but you know, still it was a fun, fun to watch and um, mad respect to the Chicago fans for uh, giving um, Ovechkin the respect that he so richly deserved as well. So um, true. And seven, seven, three game caps came with the win. Ovechkin gets gate 800. I don't think we need to go into too much detail after that. Um, other than, well, let's see. So uh, Van Riemsdyk scored again. Um, he's he's having a hell of a week. And oh, yeah. uh, this was Orlov. I think this was uh, uh, Orlov's first game back actually was game before. And he actually scored uh, in this game as well. Um, so, but, you know, I, we, we all had fun watching this game. It's pretty obvious why and uh, <laughs> other than other than the win. So, uh, I, I mean, you were witness to it, too, obviously. Paul, what, what did you think of it? Uh, it was great. It's a great win. Uh, yeah, the, the Blackhawks are they're down. Um, you know, it's always nice to me uh, when you play one of the original six, uh, a huge hockey fan, not just Caps. So, uh, mad respect uh, for all the six. Of course, there's some some of the six I don't like at all, but still I got to respect the clubs. Um, but, yeah, great game. Uh, to get 800, to get it the way he did, 24 seconds in the first period, he gets his first goal. Uh, I think, you know, setting the tone like that, and then it, it just continued. Uh, power play goals, nice to see him get back in that category. And then 800, uh, you know, and after the second one, you start thinking um, it's possible, uh, probable by that point. So, yeah, that that was very enjoyable, except that I think most of the fans that watched it would agree the broadcast left a lot to be desired. Ah, and, and again, again, Paul, you are spot on. And, uh, okay, so um, I, I should have warned you about this beforehand, <laughs> but um, I, I'm going to – I'm, I'm going to go on um, a five-minute-plus power play here, and uh, I, I promised a, a couple of my friends that I'd have something to say about this. And uh, you were absolutely right, Paul. The, the broadcast left a lot to be desired, and you are very, very – you're being very uh, gentlemanly and polite. Folks, I am not going to be so polite. I'm not going to be so gentlemanly, and I'm not – sure as hell not going to be as kind – from some from an organization that calls itself the worldwide leader in sports coverage i say again the worldwide leader in sports coverage is what espn calls itself okay you have someone you have an athlete who is a generational generational talent has proven himself thousands of times over in winning championships and individual trophies, okay? And you have a nationally televised game where he is on the verge of breaking or or recording a record that only two other people on the planet, living or dead, have ever done in their lives. And what do you do the first two minutes of the game? You go to a crusty, wrinkled, decrepit old broken down player and show him announcing the home team's lineup in their locker room Did anybody i don't even know if chicago fans wanted to see that i turn on a game i want to see the action on the ice i don't want to see 
some crap that has nothing to do with the actual game. I never understand why they, and it's always the national cable channels. I never understand why they show the lineup announcements anyway. But this was horrible, bullshit, crap timing. Amen. Whoever the producer was assigned to this game, that person, man or woman, I don't care. They should be fired. Their assistant should be dismissed. Hell, the whole damn crew should be looking for a job right now because the camera angles were off. How do I know? Because I had trouble watching all the damn replays. They were all off. I couldn't pick out what happened until I saw the damn things a a dozen times. So whoever thought it was a good idea to show this damn thing, uh, an old hockey player that, yeah, I'm the hockey history guy. I don't even care about him. And I'm not even going to name him by name. I don't give a damn about him because all he did was hang around for 17 years and get lucky. He never even did anything with his career. I sure as hell don't want to spend my hockey time, and I'm not paying any money for my cable bill to watch some broken down old player announce a lineup while I'm trying to watch a game and I miss something great happening. It's bad enough you cut into the game, but you cut into something great happening. ESPN, you should be ashamed of yourselves. True. Completely and utterly ashamed of yourselves. And I think, again, whoever was responsible for that, they should be fired. I don't know if they are or were, but whoever made that call to cut to that during live in-game action is an idiot. They don't deserve to have a job in television at all. No, and that whole terrible. network, that whole network is a friggin' joke and always has been. And it's proof positive, if anybody had any doubt, that they have no business covering the game of ice hockey at all. I could go on, but Again, we have limited time, as I like to say here, Uh, so I'm going to end my rant here, but I think I made my feelings pretty clear. So anybody who's in the camp of, well, ESPN, you know, it's great to be on there because, you know, they have the widest coverage. It doesn't help if that coverage is a constant reminder that they shit on your favorite sport. True. And... If, if you can't stand my, you know, you know, blue liner getting a little blue here, I'm sorry, but this is the way I feel. And if if you're not feeling the same way, then you need to get a little passion in you because. Just as a hockey fan, it was bad. I mean, yeah. even you look at it from a Blackhawks point of view, fans point of view, you're missing the game. You know, you're right. missing your team. You don't know whether your team made a mistake or, or you know, it was a lucky bounce because, like you said, the, the camera angles were terrible. The uh, announcers were talking so much, but they weren't talking the game. It, they weren't doing the commentary of the game, so you weren't following the flow. Uh, and they didn't even know that, that Ovechkin had scored or that anybody had scored. And and then even throughout the rest of the broadcast, I could hardly hear – was it uh, Levy was doing the call, I think? Yeah, Steve Levy, and uh, which was disappointing as hell to me because once upon a time, uh, Steve Levy was actually, I would say, in the top ten 
of, of broadcasters. When ESPN was actually, actually gave a damn about hockey the last time they had the contract and they had Gary Thorne and Bill Clement as their number one. Yeah. And, 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 and Levy was like one on their backup, Steve Levy. If you saw the national game, he actually called Joey Juno's overtime goal when he put the caps in the final against the Sabres for the first hmm. time in history, way back in wow. 1998. And I'll never forget it. And, but I don't know what, I don't know what it is. If he's, you know, taking orders from the man or whatever it is, but he's lost that spark and that passion. And you can just tell, you can just tell to a man, their idea of covering the game is hiring players who don't play it anymore, who used to mean something to the game, get on TV and mumble a few comments and pretend to care and collect a check. Yeah. And that's their sole contribution to covering the game. And it's a sham. It's a shit show. And I'm, I am utterly disgusted by it. And if you're not, then you should be. And that that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. Next game. <laughs> so what else did you think of the game, Paul? <laughs> so how did you like to play Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. uh, you're, you're appealing you are really you're, you're you're getting me in the heart here you're appealing my sense of history um <laughs> well, um yeah i but, live in I, southern maryland so I, I i constantly pass the signs for the mud house sorry i don't mean to, to throw us off cap no 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 it, well i mean yeah it's well it's 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 an inside it's an i guess it's it's an inside thing to to you me and maybe five other people but right. I, I i know i know exactly what you mean by that <laughs> um but okay. uh go ahead now i was just gonna move on to the the next game yeah that's nah, <laughs> probably that's probably a good idea um Okay, so that was uh, that was the seven three win against uh, Chicago, and that was so so let's uh, let's kind of uh, backtrack a bit. That made it uh, since the overtime loss or the the loss against Calgary in regulation the two weeks before that had made it five wins in a row for the Caps up to that point. Now, of course, their very next game against Dallas. Well, we all know what happened there. That was a loss. Now we're actually making that our feature game of the week. We're going to cover that. We're going to put a microscope over top of that game. So we're going to skip that for now and talk about last night's game, which is the one against Toronto. And I will be completely honest. I went into this game with a whole lot of dread because the last time these two played, I actually had the privilege of going to the game live um, and, and seeing that. And um, the, the Caps played a seesaw game and had the lead and blew it and couldn't hold on to it and went to a shootout and they ended up losing. And I thought there was, there was something, um, well, the last home game they, uh, against the Leafs anyway, not the last game overall. Right. Um, but which was last season, just before the playoffs. And I thought something similar would happen again tonight. And I've never been, happier to be totally wrong because what I saw in the first seven minutes was a team that was a little flat. Um, they weren't, they weren't quite into it. They were making a few sloppy passes. They had two icings in the first few minutes of the game and they just didn't seem to be quite with it. And, um, 
Then Eric Gustafson um, decided to wake everybody up (laughs) and uh, scored uh, his first goal as a cap and of the season. Um, Of course, uh, Nylander tied it up, and then Van Riemsdyk got his third of the week, um, fourth of the year. Um, And then um, Gustafson pretty much took over. uh, uh, Matthews kind of made it a little scary. Uh, but then uh, Gustafson got uh, two more goals, and um, if you know if you know your Caps history, um, there was once upon a time another Gustafson that actually scored five goals uh, in a game. But uh, that was uh, quite a long time ago, and if he wanted the way he was flying around the ice, he could have gotten himself five. The way the way he was going and handling around the puck, but uh, he got he got a hat trick. And Paul, you and I were discussing this. And uh, so what what is the uh, tell our listeners what the significance is of this hat trick that he got? Uh, Well, it was uh, the first hat trick by a Caps defender. I'm sorry. Yes, the first the first hat trick by a Caps defender uh, since 2000. Sounds about right. Sounds about Uh, right. And And, he's mm -hmm. one of three overall in Caps history to have have a hat trick. Absolutely. He, the only, the third defenseman, they, and they, when you know, they showed the locker room post game and they, you know, he, he's sitting down, you know, taking it all in and, and somebody taps him on the shoulder and they, they told him, well, did, did you know you're only the third caps defenseman ever to do that? And it, you could see he was, he was blown away by that. And, um, if you watch the game, they, they told you who else, who the other two were, but, uh, um, props to anybody who can name the two other defensemen who who pulled the trick. I don't have any prizes or anything like that to give away. But... That was actually that was actually the last right. So we were you couldn't right. you couldn't hear this, of course. But uh, as Paul pointed out, uh, the uh, last time this was done was 2000. So I believe that was Sergei Gonchar yeah. who did Correct. that, and the man yeah. before him was Kevin Hatcher. Yes, yeah. that's what I was going to um, say. Former Capitals captain. So uh, if you had those two, kudos to you. You are a real <laughs> Caps fan. Uh, ding, ding, ding. Everybody's. Everybody's a real Caps fan, but yeah, this, uh, I mean, yeah, it was, the, it was, it was not the OV show this time. He was on the verge of 801, but you know, I, look, it, last year, everybody, almost just about everybody had a game where they stepped up and took it over and, and, and won the game, took the team on their back. And Gustafson doing this is I got to say, it, it's a hell of a sign. It really, really is because it says, and I think Cheryl Ann and I were, were, you know, touching on this somewhat, that this team is finally gelling and coming together and, yeah. and, and figuring it out, figuring out who they are and, and bonding and becoming a team. And I think Let me, uh... that was a good chunk of the problem up until now, why they weren't winning most of their games, because they were 20 guys you know, trying to put something together and not a team. I think they're finally rounding that last corner to become a let team, me, and th- this is proof. Let me throw another name at you who hasn't 
scored any goals, but talk about jail. How about Sonny Milano? Oh, heck how yeah. he's doing. I think yeah, uh, he, he's got he's, four assists he, in the last five games, I think, something he, like that. Number two star in this game would have been the number one, probably, if he'd have gotten himself a goal. But, yes, good good yeah. eye. Good eye, Paul, because, yeah, he's he's – He's been doing exactly like you said. No, what what do you like in particular about his game? Uh, it, just I I've said since, since uh, we picked him up, and, and there's the big mystery too is to me at least that why was he where he was at? You know, I'm not trying to get into the guy's life, but he's been nothing but a solid player to me since since he came up. Now he, he's the guy that we picked up that came up through Hershey. Is that right? Am I remembering that? So they, well, they actually got him off the waiver wire. He right. started, if I'm not mistaken, he actually started as, um, as a dra- a first round draft pick yeah, of, okay. That's the of, of the, of the Columbus Blue Jackets. If I'm not mistaken, I, and, yeah, and he, then, and they let go him go. And then he had like a, a PTO or somebody for Edmonton or somebody and they let him go, you know, they put him on waivers and we got him. And, and brought him along through Hershey and everything. And, and like I said, since he's come up to, to the big club, guy's been nothing but solid, you know. Haven't, haven't seen it, anything where I'm like, oh, my God, you know, this guy, like I could name some other players that, that you know, <clears throat> have frequent missteps that, that seem to cost us goals and stuff. I haven't thought that about him at all. And, and the fact that – you see his assist numbers the way they are tells me that he's that solid kind of player. You know, he's somebody that that's going to be there. He's in a, he may not be, you know, an assist King or whatever, but he, he's always got somebody's back, so to speak. I'll go you one better, Paul. I, I think I, I, I'm not, I don't claim to be some sort of hockey genius, but like I said, you, you watch 4,000 games in your lifetime. You, you tend to figure something out sooner or later. And watching Milano play, and, and let me get this out of here. Yes, my number one concern about him is his back checking. He could back check a little bit more for my liking. I like somebody who's a little bit more defensively responsible. But that out of the way, I think every team needs a Sonny Milano on their second and third line. I'll tell you why. It's because, yes, you have a guy like, maybe you have a guy like, and Evgeny Kuznetsov or a Dylan Strom who makes plays, who finds the finisher. But not every team has a guy who starts that play and finds the guy who makes those plays. If you look at that goal, Gustafson's first goal, that is exactly how that played out. Milano got the puck. He went into the zone. He saw that Kuznetsov broke free of his check and had some space and dropped it off to him. Drop pass, not easy thing to do. You got to time it just right, but dropped it off behind him to Kuznetsov. And he made himself some even more space, saw Gustafson go in, slipped it over to him for the goal. I think that was actually Gustafson's second goal. Yeah, that passed. Now that I I think about it. But, But either way, that's where Sonny Milano shines, and I I think that's why that's why he's he is he, he's definitely a, a, a gem a gem of a pickup 
by management. And you're right. I don't know why the hell you know, Columbus and Anaheim or whoever else that had him had a chance to look at him, you know, gave up on him. Right. I, I don't get it. And now that I've seen what he can do, I, I he, he's not an extreme liability on the ice. He's not, he's not a guy that's going to sit there and watch the puck go by him. No. You know, like cert, certain other players this team has gotten rid of in the past. But he's also going to, he's also going to generate some offense, which at times this team has been sorely, sorely lacking and missing. And, you know, and I, I think now that he's gotten real, real comfortable with, you know, the, the lines that he's been put on, like, like I mentioned earlier, he's going to know where everybody is and that's only going to improve things. So, I mean, it's, it's mind boggling to me, but you know what? Their loss, our gain. And, you know, whatever you want to call him, Cafe Milano, the cookie monster, what I don't <laughs> care. I'm glad he's with us. And I, I think he's, he's, he's definitely going to stick. Or, well, I haven't seen a, a fro like that since, uh, was it Goldie Goldberg and Slapshot? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're uh, thinking of uh, Ogie Oglethorpe, but yeah. I, right, I know no, he, was, he was based on Goldie. That's right, that's right. There, There's a hockey player that he's based on whose name was Goldie. I just read an article right. about it a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're, Ogie you're right. Ogie yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's how I knew where you were going with that. But yeah, sorry, folks. Another another inside joke from us old timers. But um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great head of hair. Great. Well, well, as I posted last night, uh, when when you got that fro, uh, you got the flow, <laughs> and he certainly yes, sir. does. Um, so yeah, he deservedly earned second star mention of of, of this game. And uh, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning of the recaps, Charlie Lindgren. I think it, though, if not for him, though, this game definitely would have been a lot closer, and may, may have even resulted in a loss, or perhaps gone into overtime and maybe only you know getting the the you know, Price is Right loser point. Yeah, he's so, standing. Oh yeah, yeah. The outstanding is is the beginning of of what what he's been, and um, we we might actually have a, a, a goaltending controversy in a good way. I don't want to spark any rumors, but um, it it is possible that uh, you know, it may for once have uh, not one but two good goalies we can rely on. And uh, as I said a few weeks ago, I, I think we definitely put the bad goalie controversy to bed for good, uh, I, I'd like to say. Hopefully. Now, was it, uh, was it you last week talking about how maybe uh, – maybe I heard this during this week – that uh, maybe Lindgren has earned himself more starts? Not necessarily the number one, but like say they do it back-to-back he'd get the second game and then maybe give him the game immediately following that as well to give him a few more shots. Right. And yeah. No, to, to keep Kemper fresh. Right. Exactly. Fresh good, good ear. I believe I'm pretty sure it was C4 who said that or suggested yeah. that. And uh, yeah. And that's, yeah, I would not be surprised if they go with that strategy, make him more of a one a um, versus yeah. a number two. And uh, yeah, especially in in uh, the last couple months, where 
you know, your number one is going to start all the games and he needs to be fresher. So I would not be surprised if eventually, maybe after the holidays, they start, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, reverting to that, to that schedule. Um, sure. Okay, so we're getting a little behind on time, uh, but that's on me. We're going to go uh, jump back to our feature game, and that is, of course, the loss against the Stars, which happened this past Thursday, the 15th. Okay, so look, I can sum up this game in one quick sentence. The Caps played well enough to win, but didn't. And you can make of that what you will, and that's not because of lack of effort or because they didn't play a solid 60 minutes, although it could be argued that you know, there, there was kind of a, a two-minute lapse in the beginning of the third period. But when you're playing a good team such as Dallas, that's really all, it, all you need yes, sir. To, to lose. So um, only three goals in this game. Let's recap them real quick. Connor Sherry hits double digits for the year. Ovechkin and Strom on the assist, 923 in the second so we're going to call up the app and hope to hell that it cooperates with me to <laughs> do the recap okay so so ovechkin loops the puck back uh strom finds ovechkin and oh uh, yes yeah, so strom cross ice to ovechkin who looked like he was going to shoot and then saw sherry at the um the the right side of the net wide open side and sherry uh actually got it on his foot, kicked it to his stick, and tap in for the one nothing lead. So, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised because usually it's Dallas getting the first goal, and I thought we were in pretty good shape considering, uh, you know, held them to nothing uh, in the first period. But then, yeah, first two minutes of the, uh, of the second period, you had that spillover penalty um, yeah. that gave Dallas a power play. Uh, Jamie Benn. Um, yeah, all alone in front of the net. What do you think he's going to do? He taps it in for the power play. And then kind of a crazy one that, uh, well, let's see. So whose who's penalty was that? Because if, if it's the guy I'm thinking of, oh, no, that was, okay. So Mantha, Mantha Trip Pavelski, I thought, okay, I'm thinking of another game. I thought, okay, and this one, um, Colin Miller gets the game winner. Um, this one, Boy, um, I mean, nothing, nothing you can do. This one is a shot from the point that fooled everybody, including Lindgren, uh, goes off uh, Lars Eller's um, backside. Um, it, it, I'm censoring myself there and uh, <laughs> goes the opposite way of where Lindgren anticipated it and into the net. And it, unfortunately, it was, uh, you know, barely barely over a minute later and it's you know it's one of those things now to their credit the caps held the stars at bay for the most part they put 46 shots on goal and you know and a lot unlike unlike the game against new jersey they they were actually some high quality chances and shots in there i think uh, didn't koozie ring the pipe on one of those he uh yeah he he sure did and um, it was it was him him and Strom. I think they both actually hit the post yeah, I think in the third true. period, yeah. if I recall right. Um, but yeah, it wasn't as if the Caps were sitting back. The whole I mean, look look at the shot totals: sixteen first period, fifteen second period, fifteen the third period. So yeah. it wasn't as if they were sitting back and hoping the game would come to them. They weren't chasing the game. They you know. Again, playing well enough to win, but they, you know, w what do you want? It's 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 a 
good team that is is great at both ends of the ice. They have a lot of, you know, high caliber players at both ends. They have the best young goaltender in the league uh, right at, now. Out of sight. You know, and he, he single-handedly, if everybody remembers the playoffs, he single-handedly nearly got them into the Western Conference final. I mean, what 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 do you want? If you, if you're upset with the Caps' effort, you know, let me ask you, what did you see? Because whatever you what was you saw, I didn't see, and and there were some I'm not going to name who, but there were some who had some not some not so kind words, and I I just I just don't understand. I would rather they lose like this than you know lose by the same score and just sit back and lob eight shots from the blue line, and hmm. and hope one of them goes in. Yeah, you know, even the best teams lose upwards of, of you know 20, 25 games a year. I mean, I mean, you know, the Caps are on the wrong side of that, pretty close. But what, what I ask you again, what what is it that you want if you're if you're disappointed? And I I, I mean I I don't know. They, they they did all they could except put the puck in the net. And when when you run into a hot goalie, you're you're going to have trouble. And it's it, it it happens. It, you're gonna, yep. you know, it, it's one loss out of you know the last seven mm. games that the others were wins. So, I mean, I'm 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 out of I'm out of words to to describe what what else they could have done. I, how did you see it, Paul? Uh, the same way. I I thought they they played overall. They played well. They were playing a good team. Um, it certainly wasn't the outcome that everyone was looking for. Uh, but they had just had a <clears throat> excuse me had a very emotionally uplifting game the previous with you know Ovi getting a Hattie and 800 and and you know such a high score. I'm not saying it was you know uh, they were hung over quote unquote from from the game, but uh, you know maybe there was a little less pep in their step uh, because they had expended a little more in the previous game. Um, you know, with the celebrations and everything, uh, I don't know. Um, but the the game overall, I thought was well played. You're right; it, it could have gone either way. The Dallas is, a, <clears throat> excuse me, a good team. Their goalie w- was outstanding. Um, you know, one shot on uh, one goal on uh, you know close to 40 shots or just over 40 shots is is really well. Our goalie only gave up two. So, as you said before. What do you want? Uh, I'd be much more disappointed if uh, it was two to one or even worse, uh, three, four, five to one, something like that, and the effort wasn't there. The These guys didn't phone the game in. They were there. They just lost to the better team, and that happens. That's going to happen throughout a year. Unfortunately, you're also going to lose to worse teams at times, too. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I'll take this one. Uh, as you say, you know, we've, we're, we're – what six and one in the last seven that that's pretty good we need to keep that trend going uh but you're not going to win them all right and you know if you lose you put out the best effort and and you still lose to a a better team nothing really wrong with that i understand they're trying to make up points but uh yeah and and uh yeah you know what I'll, i'll buy your argument that uh yeah it it very well could have been something of a letdown game um, it, that kind of thing usually happens against a weaker team. Um, True. but you know, like you said, they, they were coming off a high and, you know, I, I think maybe it, it, 
not not to not to bring in one of the two elephants in the room. We'll get to the second one in a minute. <laughs> but um, as as uh, has has been argued by uh, uh, more than one um, co-host in the past, um, it it could have also it could also be argued that um, maybe the focus um, was a bit too much on Ovechkin and the record. Although going over the stats here. Um, so yeah, uh, Dmitry Orlov actually got the most shots on goal in this game with eight. Mm, nice. And uh, Ovechkin only got five. Um, well, that was actually the second most, but um, Oshie got five, and uh, Nick Jensen got three. And um, yeah, I, you know, I, I would say uh, yeah, it was onesie twosies everywhere, just about everywhere else. Kuznetsov for uh, wow, Obe Kubel got four. Um, right bit of a surprise uh, but you know it's it's I, I look I don't know I'm not 100% sold on uh, hey this the sole contribution to strategy is get it to Ovechkin and he'll do all the scoring <laughs> I get that that's what it looks like a lot of the times especially on the power play I get that but I don't think that's their entire strategy. They do have others on this team who can put the puck in the net and who can find people who can put the puck in the net. So, yeah. I, you know, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably going to, you know, hear it from, from some others later on uh, about that. But, uh, you know, I, to those that make that argument, I would say, yes, I hear you. And yes, I do see it a lot of the time. Um, but it's not the whole strategy. And I think the team knows that it shouldn't be the whole strategy. Now, sometimes it doesn't turn out that way, but you know, whatever it takes to win, I think it, this team has finally figured out that that's the mentality they, they need to use to approach the game. So um, now the other elephant in the room, unfortunately, and I, I really I really, 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 really don't want to talk about this because aside from Ovechkin, this man is my absolute by God favorite player. I got this man's jersey with my own money. <laughs> and not only, okay, so not only he, because he wears the number that, that I wore, uh, when I played the game yes, on the floor with with uh, street shoes or gym shoes, not skates, <laughs> but still, still uh, somewhat, nonetheless. Um, and he plays the game the way I think the, the game should be played. Um, but what are we going to do or what's going to be done now that TJ Oshie is yet again on the injured list? That's what the Caps are going to have to figure out. Because right. not not only I mean well it just happened last night so we're we're still in no man's land as far as figuring out um, so apparently the latest word is day to day with an upper body um, I'm no medical expert but um, where he was grabbing when he <laughs> tried to uh, make it off the ice wasn't. Unless it's back, and they're calling the back upper body. What was nowhere near upper body? Well, no. <laughs> it, it 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 it's looked to me like um somewhere uh south um 
for those of you who are uh, familiar with that terminology, and I'm trying to make this as safe for work as I can, after all the cursing before, uh, I look, I, I'll, I'll just put this out there. Yes, I'm not stupid. I, I understand what he brings to the table. Um, I'm hoping, though, that the Caps have figured out, even without him, how the game needs to be played and what, you know, what lies before them, because they're not quite, you know, they're, they're, they're on that, they're straddling that line, whether, you know, or not they're going to make the playoffs. Nothing's a guarantee even now, but it, it's, 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 it's kind of scary having him out, but I'm, there's, there's this part of me that is still going to be optimistic that even without him, and it may not, hopefully may not even be that long uh, if it's day to day, but without him, they'll still be able to produce. And I, I think now that the team has bonded a little more, got to know each other a little bit more, maybe just maybe it, it won't be so awful as the first time he was out of the lineup. I, I, I could be wrong, but that that's what I'm thinking about it. What say you, Paul? Well, they've definitely, uh, the, the chemistry has definitely improved um, uh, since the beginning of the year. Uh, the uh, It is troubling, uh, the fact that he's uh, such a valuable part of the team um, on and off the ice, but has the health concerns, the health issues. He hasn't hasn't been able to stay healthy in the last couple of seasons, and he's not getting any younger. Uh, I love T.J. Oshie as much as everyone. <clears throat> I love to hear Country Roads played all the time. Um, so I I don't know what uh, what we can do <clears throat> or what they can do. Like I'm part of the team. Uh, I don't know what they can do. Uh, you know, day by day at the moment, they'll take it day by day. Um, and, and I guess. Uh, it's, it's hockey too, so you never, you know, I mean, the the guy gets his arm cut off. Uh, it's an upper body injury. It's like you know the the scene in Monty Python, "Tis but a flesh wound." You never know. What's <laughs> <laughs> you know, your guy's missing a leg, and it's a lower body injury. Um, so it, it, who knows what it is? Maybe he pulled something, and so they don't think it's going to be as long term or as serious. You know, if he can just stay off his leg for. To me, it looked like at the very end there, when they show him coming off the ice, it looked like he was not putting or could not put any weight on his left leg. And and if you look at Ovi, Ovi actually opens the door and is going to help him because he realizes, I think that that oh, she's not able to put on any weight, put any weight on it. And like you say, that doesn't sound upper body at all. Um, the only thing I could think of is if it was maybe if there was some like sciatica or something, you know, something with his back where his, the pain was shooting down his, his hip and leg so much that, you know, he was trying not to put weight on it. But who am I? I'm not a doctor. <laughs> it definitely yeah, no. lower body. Yeah, you know, we're not we're not doctors. We just play ones on uh, on a podcast. <laughs> but in in all seriousness, um, yeah, I I I noticed too that uh, the reason it took so long to, for him to get him to the bench was because he wasn't skating; he was gliding, and yeah. that too tells me it's something with his leg or or his hip or or like you said uh, something perhaps a, a sciatica nerve maybe or or something along those lines versus upper body but 
I don't, I don't know if they're trying to throw a curveball and fool some people, but you know, I, I, I just, I, I don't know it, if it's, if it's date, they're saying day to day. Well, that's, that's pretty much what they said last time. So right. it could be, it could be you know, another two weeks or it could be another, you know, you know, it could miss maybe a handful of games, but I, I think, okay. From a hockey strategy standpoint, no, they probably won't be able to replace his goals, his production. But I think it's if they, well, and I'm I'm not quite sure who it's going to come from. If they can replace his physical game, yeah, somehow, I think they'll be fine. And if if they can just keep that team spirit that he's brought back to the team and. No, and you know they said earlier in the week that uh, Backstrom and Wilson were were taking you know regular drills, and Backstrom's now in a, in a contact jersey, taking part yes, in full sir. practices now. So, you know that that that's a boost to the team. So, you know maybe maybe they'll take that for what it's worth and 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 use that. But you know, I just hope they don't lose that spark that they got when they when he made it back into the lineup. I just hope that they figured out enough that you know, of how to play the game that of how to you know and that they bring that to you know the the rest of the season whether he's in the lineup or not so right. speaking speaking of the rest of the season well uh let's go over okay so there's two weeks left in the calendar year all right um okay so it is <laughs> sunday the 18th as we are recording this tomorrow night the 19th uh, Caps finish their current homestand, uh, welcoming the Detroit Detroit Red Wings, uh, 7 p.m. puck drop at Capital One. Uh, then it's uh, north of the border to Ottawa against the Senators, Canadian Tire, 7 o'clock. Uh, and then right back home the very next night, another back-to-back. Um, mm. Thank you, NHL. Yeah, I, you know, I was looking through schedules of other teams. Arizona dis, didn't have a back-to-back for the first two months of the season. Really? How's that fair? Wow, I don't get that. Arizona's not playing, but what? Less than a third of their games at home. I get that, but still, you know, they still yeah. could have back-to-back games. Caps had four or five already. Now, <laughs> right. a- anyway, um. So seven o'clock puck drop, uh, uh, Winnipeg Jets again. So uh, better be on their toes for that one because they're sure as hell going to come at them. Um, return matches are always hell because you know if they didn't learn that against Tampa Bay, they're they're never going to learn that. But yeah, Jets are going to come at them with everything they got. I think oh, yeah. for that one. Um, so uh, hopefully, hopefully they 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 bring it. Uh, and then the holiday break. And a programming note: we're going to record uh, Christmas Eve. Um, or at least that's the plan anyway. And uh, so we're going to go over those three games. And then after the holiday break, it's Tuesday the 27th, uh, go up to uh, Madison Square Garden to play the Rangers, 7 o'clock there. Uh, And lo and and behold, uh, Ottawa comes in. So same teams and within one week seems to be the pattern. Ottawa. Senators, uh, senators in Washington. What a novel concept! Uh, except these <laughs> ones will actually be doing something. Oh, hey, uh, yeah, cool. 
anyway, um, so that's the 29th, and Caps end the year with a matinee game, 4 o'clock puck drop at home, Cap 1 against Les Canadiens. Um, that's going to be a Willem Baggis special. Uh, that's, um, I understand he's he's uh, living up in Montreal right now, back in his old stomping ground, so I hope he's listening, and I'm sure he'll watch that game with great pride. Montreal, not surprisingly um, a better team than a lot of people thought, so that's going to be p- pretty interesting. I wouldn't chalk that up as a win. Because um, they're 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 beating a lot of uh, high caliber teams, or at least being competitive. So it's going to be a very interesting game. And um, so that finishes out the year. Um, and then um, hopefully one or two weeks into the new year, um, I'm look. I haven't heard anything. I wish I had heard anything official, and nobody's saying anything. But I'm I'm if I were a well, I am a betting man, and no secret <laughs> about that. Um. <laughs> But if I were to guess anyway, uh, hopefully uh, two weeks after the new year is hopefully when we'll start to see maybe Tom Wilson either uh, take regular drills and get back into the lineup or perhaps get a conditioning assignment in Hershey for a game or two. So uh, if I, yeah, like I said, that's, that's just a guess. I'm, I don't pretend to have any sources that have confirmed that, but. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's uh, previews of coming attractions for the next few weeks. Um, Now, there might be those of you who uh, decide to uh, take some time off from listening to our podcast. So this is the last time you'll be hearing from us for a while. Hope you all have a a very safe and happy holiday season. Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all of you. And if you celebrate it, of course, Happy Hanukkah and uh, all the holidays, seasons of, of this planet that we call home. Um, so that'll do it pretty much for this week. I'd like to thank our very special guest, Mr. Paul Hackett, for coming on. So before we wrap it up for another week, Paul, uh, anything, any last words, anything you want to plug, anyone out there you want to say hello to? Uh, hopefully that will be uh, someone who uh, listens and becomes a listener for life, maybe. Uh, say hi to my wife, Tanya. Hi, honey. Uh, I want to thank you for having me on. It was very enjoyable. Uh, Go Caps. Let's all rock the red and get out there and support them when you can at the games. And if not, certainly uh, by watching and cheering on wherever you are. Awesome. 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 Okay. Yeah. Great. So does, uh, uh, does Tanya have uh, her own uh, Facebook profile or uh, a way to uh, uh, get to the podcast by any chance? Uh, she does, and believe me, I'm I'm going to be introducing her to the podcast once this episode drops. <laughs> awesome! Is is she a big fan like you? She's a huge Caps fan. Uh, it was one of the reasons that uh, we got together. Our first date actually was um, I took her out to dinner because uh, I was already on the way out to dinner. We're, we uh, we've known each other a long time uh, outside of our relationship as friends. And so I asked her if she wanted to go out to dinner with me because I was going to to a Green Turtle to watch the Caps and the Maryland Terrapins. So our first date was a, a Caps game on television. Oh, I can't can't think of anything anything better. Always always got to you 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 got if you're a big sports fan and uh, you 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 find someone that that shares that with you shares one one of your big interests with you uh, i always like to say you got more than a foot in the door and uh yeah that that's always perfect uh and she I, I knows think. what she's talking about too oh even better even better yep. and uh, you know what you know what I, I i extend this to everybody 
and I, I mean it, but let her know if she ever wants to come on and, and you know, give us a talking to, uh, she's, she's more than welcome. We love, we love hearing from, from women that have a passion of, of not only the game, but the caps in general that, that want to come on to discuss how the game works. Uh, so we love to hear from them. So yeah, tell her she, yeah, she's got an open invite whenever she wants. Great. All right. So, uh, yep. A little bit long again, but you know what, uh, you know, I got, 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 a uh, you know, New, uh, well, new, new to you guys uh, listening out there. Uh, so I wanted to make sure he had his say. Paul, once again, thank you very much. You did a fantastic job. And uh, like, you know, like the missus, you have uh, an open invitation you, yourself anytime you want to come on the show as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for doing thank this. You. And uh, I, I love it that you had fun because that's, uh, that's, that's definitely the goal of this show. Anybody that, that wants to, that, that comes on. Thanks again. All right. You're very welcome. Okay. So for Mr. Paul Hackett, this is the Blue Liner on Point signing off and reminding you that when you're on a plane, (coughs) you're on a plane and the lunch choices are white meat chicken or German sausage. Well, and well, and you're you're actually you happen to be in the back row of the plane, so you're going to be served last, obviously. All you can do, if it's a choice between chicken and German sausage, well, all you can do is hope for the breast, but prepare for the worst. Oh. Hallelujah, and let's go, Caps. This has been another episode of the Power Play Point Podcast. All episodes are available from Apple Podcasts, the Podbean app, blueliner77.podbean.com, and now available from Stitcher. Music by Joe McAllister, voiceover by Jeffrey Conkle. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Power Play Point Podcast. Thanks for listening.